0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Frank Ockenfels III. Frank Ockenfels is a photographer based in Los Angeles, California, and specializes in portrait photography, as well as photographing advertisements for television, movies, and editorial. Frank's work has been used to promote movies and TV shows such as Blade Runner 2049, Pirates of the Caribbean, Harry Potter, Breaking Bad, and Walking Dead to name a few. Beyond shooting some of the biggest movie stars in the business, Frank has also spent much of his career photographing musicians such as David Bowie, Mick Jagger, Bruce Springsteen, and Alicia Keys to name a few. Frank is a true master of light and photography, so it was a true pleasure getting to speak with him about his work and all his experience. I hope you guys enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Frank Ockenfels, uh, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here.
1: Well, thanks for asking. I mean, I've been listening to the other ones you've had going, and, you know, it's uh, it's great that people are finally kind of talking about process and being photographers and opening up their stories to others, and I think any point you can inspire others to do is is much more important than almost anything photographic sort of mostly mostly i think so yeah, yeah. and clays clays was amazing oh, was uh, thanks so much he's he's amazing he's an amazing guy i'll just keep saying amazing about him cuz he is <laughs> he's, a, he's 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 the energy that i do not have in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is so kind of
0: yeah he was i had never met him before and he was just an awesome guy to talk to cuz he just has like such a passion for photography and it's just like he just lives and breathes it so it was definitely really cool to talk to him
1: um he defines my, my love that any photographer or artist of any sort I'm mean, just gonna say artist because he is an artist too. Yeah. But when you stand on the diving board and you just make that highest dive and you don't look down to see if there's water in the pool. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he is he is the guy who would slam his head in the bottom and just get up and go. Okay, so that didn't work. So I'm going to do something else now. And <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. Um, but I guess just to kind of start off, like, um, where did you grow up, and like, what kind of stuff were you interested in um, growing up? Was it always photography? Like, did you kind of always envision envision yourself being a photographer when you were growing up?
2: No, I,
1: I when I started out, it was uh, it was a group of friends of mine. In, I think it was like junior high school, and we were all just hanging out, taking pictures on our little Kodak Instamatics. And we built, uh, we all had dark rooms in our basements, you know? And, uh, so we just would process film and just shoot the most random crap. I mean, you know, and as, as a junior high school kid would do, I mean, back in the time when photography wasn't really looked upon as anything more than a snapshot that your parents would do if you went to an event or, you know, a, a holiday or whatever. And I didn't really understand what photography was. In, this, in the bigger picture of that. I didn't you know I wasn't in a household that had large sums of magazines in it or Yeah. You know, any of that kind of stuff. It was much more um but I grew up in an artistic household. My mom my mom would my mom was very involved in theater. So every summer my sister and I would pack up and we'd go to Summerstock and we'd be part of Summerstock Theater and
0: Oh wow.
1: And, you know, and we'd you know, my you know, whether we'd be in the uh the in the musicals or the whatever that they were working on or done production. My sister ended up years later becoming a a dresser and a, you know, costume designer on Broadway and, you know, doing minimal costume designing, but she was mostly a dresser on Broadway for years. And, you know, that's, she ended up kind of going into it. I walked away from it. I couldn't, I, I have, (laughs) <laughs> Funny enough, I don't have much issue. with I, I'm not a big fan of like musical theater, but now my son is hugely into musical
2: theater, so it's a very.
1: It's like it's like it all comes back and bites you in the ass later yeah, on in life. You got you gotta like it now. Yeah, you know, I gotta love it. Oh my god, let me see seven, eight, eight performances of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But uh, no, but I mean, so we grew up in that kind of household, and you know, and and it kind of grew, and and as I got to high school, I I my um my grandmother had passed, and she left all the grandkids five hundred dollars, and I bought. Um, prior to that, my mom had basically seen my interest in photography and seen, you know, this, this mess I had down in the basement and, you know, processing film in her wash sink and mm. this kind of ramshackle little dark room I had that was, you know, you know, probably the light came in every which direction, but, um, and she, you know, she, she supported it and we went and bought a $90, uh, they were having a sale up in, Bu- I was out, I was in Lockport, New York, went to Buffalo where the nearest camera store was and they had uh, a sale on Yashica. A Shika mat, and it was like 90 bucks Nice with a, you know, with a 50 millimeter lens. And that was my first camera, which I think the weight of that camera alone, you could probably knock out, a, um, <laughs> knock anybody out with it. And from, <laughs> I just remembered hanging on my neck all the time. Yeah. And then my grandmother passed and she left us $500 and I bought an Olympus OM-1, which was the new technology, the tiny little like lightweight camera. And, and I started getting a little more serious about it and uh, just shooting it for myself and shooting pictures of people. And, and then oddly enough, in my high school, there was a church group, which, uh, was a, um, kind of an interfaith group, which all the churches in town would get together and we'd make peanut brittle all year. And then we would go on these, these crazy trips to either New York or Washington or Chicago. And, and it, like, and it, it was it was an amazing experience in the sense that the guy who ran it was totally into multimedia production. Like he had like multimedia. Like we we do like these slideshows that would be like <laughs> fades and um, music, and we had rock bands. And but we we go to New York and we like you know in high school, and this is back in you know the seventies. We were we were at the UN going to meetings on apartheid, wow. and learning about apartheid and like you know and, and it was pretty amazing. I mean, it was it was a great. Kind of all sudden realization, there's something more out there Damn. and uh, in the world than just our little town we lived in in Lockport, New York. So, yeah, so right. from there, I just kind of would take pictures. And were you always, uh, we
0: always just kind of drawn to photographing people from the beginning, or what? Were kind of some of the early pictures you were taking when you started out. <laughs> The first
1: ones we'd all go to we all go to graveyards because it was easy to shoot, <laughs> yeah, you know, Everyone stone, does you that. know. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! It's like I, I, swear to God, there must be a handbook someplace and said, okay, you'll be a photographer. Just go, go over to the graveyard and train tracks. Train <laughs> tracks. train <laughs> tracks. Yeah, that's good. Or you know, so uh, so I started pushing the boundaries of that, and I started trying a lot of things, and like mm. anything that seemed that people said you couldn't do, I did it anyways. Like. You know, don't let, don't put your camera on a tripod and let it go be more open than, you know, you know, like a second, you know, I'd leave on, I do these 30, 40 second exposures at night, you know, and, and just to see what would happen, you know, not knowing, you know, you're shooting on the film. There's no, I didn't have Polaroid. So we just kind of were guessing at things. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of came around and I ended up, but my, I was, I was a failing high school student miserably. I was somehow I'd rolled myself into the science program. I have no idea why. Yeah and i i submitted some images to a uh, photo competition and um ended up winning first, second third prize and and they were just pictures i'd shot around like a guy sitting in a window and then um just i mean just a variety just very very basic understandings of light but they were obviously a little more advanced than anybody else in the in the school so i won the i won the three three prizes and then of course at that point being a senior you know and i never liked school anyways the uh, the, uh, both the school newspaper and the yearbook both came at me and kind of said, who are you? What are you doing? You can take pictures for us. And I was like, <laughs> I have no interest. You know, you know, flashback to my son now, my older son, who's an amazing photographer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Same thing. He won't shoot it if he doesn't have any interest. In it. Oh, really? No, nah, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No, nah, don't do that. Nah. And yeah. I'm like going, like, oh my god, you're just reliving my my stupidity. And I'm going to try <laughs> to tell you that this is all shoot whatever you can. Yeah. Anyone, time, anyone to take a picture, take the picture. Exactly. It's... It's Go a... do it.
0: You'll learn. It's an opportunity.
1: It's yeah, a... you'll learn something. You will yeah. learn something from every aspect of whatever anyone asks you. I'm not the best street photographer. I'm not the best sports photographer. Yeah. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't do that. But you know, it's like. uh I mean, remind me later. I'll tell you a funny story about shooting a live concert for Bowie, and which is a very, you know, which yeah. is a very much like this part of this kind of conversation is that it's just, you know, it's like there's things you don't do, but you should go do them and see where you see what you see out of that, mm-hmm. and not try to be somebody else, and not try to do something else. Yeah,
0: definitely. But, um,
1: so, so I basically to to not to wind that conversation of how I started because uh, <laughs> it's a long-winded one right. I seem to be. Um, I. Uh, so I basically, I just, you know, I, I kind of looked at the newspaper and I was like, no, nah, I'm not interested. That's not what I want to do. And then but the yearbook guy was a guy named Jack DiMaggio who, uh, saw something and he said, boy you're a science major. He goes, tell you what, let's change your major to art. He goes, you should really go to school for photography, yeah. which of course was not in my mind. What what are you talking about? You know? And he was like, look at, we can put a portfolio of these images together. Um, I'll help you over the year. Put a portfolio. We'll look for colleges that you can go to school and, you know, and thus started the conversation. So I shot pictures of him. He got me out of a lot of classes. I wandered the hallways, taking pictures for the yearbook in the middle of it. He's cutting me mats and, and, pre- and putting images mm. together into that, you know, the big zipper, you know, 16 by 20 portfolio case, you know, with matted prints yep. and, uh, and, uh, giving me a list of colleges to look at, you know, and I, uh, oddly enough, I was, visiting my dad. My parents were divorced when I was five. My dad was living in New York and I ended up at his house around the time I was thinking of colleges yeah. and he knew a lot of people on advertising and they said, well, if you're going to be a photographer, you've got to go to New York City mm. because, you know, 90, 90% of the photography in the, in, in the United States or in the world happens out of New York City. Yep. So, and the people you'll sit in class with will one day be the ones who hire you True. or you'll be working with.
2: Mm.
1: And sure enough, you know, Jody Peckman, was sitting next to me in class and Jody Peckman's the, now the main, the main photo editor of Rolling Stone. Yep. But she was an associate back in the day and she gave me some of my first jobs. That's really cool. You know? And, um, so it's kind of one of those things where if you just, I mean, I, you know, I always look at people and they say, you know, it's amazing how you built your career. And I said, that's a lot of dumb luck. I mean, just, (laughs) right place right time i didn't know anybody i wasn't a kid of wealth i wasn't a kid of of any kind of note i didn't really Mm. i just had the sense of perseverance of constantly shooting i every dime i had i used to take a picture yeah process and and do so so that's where i ended up and i ended up up going to sva and that's where that started so do
0: you feel like going to photography school was important um to your career or how did you kind of
1: feel about that experience yeah yeah i do i mean i you know, it's funny and I'm kind of struggling with it now because I have a, you know, I have a, I gave my son a year off before he graduated from high school a year ago. He's accepted at SBA. Okay. Um, he, but it's a very different world now. So I don't know what to say about that. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, and I, I struggled with him because he's like, I'm not sure I'm going to last four years. And I said, you will. He goes, you will, because I'm going to force you to. Because like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be an asshole now. I'm going, be yeah. the, I'm going to be the dad that you never really wanted to see, and I never was. Okay, because this is important, you know. Yeah. I think in college, you learn these things, that you, you learn who you are. Yep. And you learn, and, 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 and I've taught in colleges, and I've taught workshops, and it's a never-ending battle with students in college. Mm-hmm. They're all geniuses. They're oh, yeah. all amazing. Okay. They're all going to go out and take over the world. Yep. What they don't understand is, is, is that, you know, you got to show up. Yep. And the problem is, is that, you know, if I've heard a million times going to art center or to Parsons or to all these different schools, I've talked to and I've watched the students say things and they'll say like, well, you know, where's the assignment for this week? Well, I don't know where it is. Well, I mean, I just had, you know, I had four other assignments this week, and I couldn't do yours. And I'm like, really? So when you're out in the real world, yeah, and you get hired to do four jobs, are you going to short one of them? Or are you going to just, you know? <laughs> yeah, word
0: word word will get around town quick <laughs> to everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: you, yeah, every job is a hundred percent. Doesn't matter how bullshit that job is. You chose to do it. Yeah. You better do it to like beyond the expectation of the client. And if you don't get that then you shouldn't be doing it. And you know what? We're none of us are geniuses. None of us are amazing. Mm. We're all just really lucky people who have a talent that someone seems to want to pay for.
2: Yeah. And
1: it's and it's like we're high paid carpenters. Let's yep. just say that much. You know what I mean? We yep. can build things out of nothing, you yeah. know, sometimes. Yep. You know? So it's kind of a it's kind of a thing to me. So I so colleges I think amazing in the sense that if you have good instructors and and you take the opportunity to think to basically treat your teachers like they're assigned like they're editors at magazines. Yeah. And they give you some assignment and you go out and you do it. If you just do it half assed, they won't hire you again. No, definitely and you know, not. and that'll reflect on your grade. Yeah. So it's like this is an opportunity for yeah. you to basically you know, which I tried to use that same analogy to my son in high school, saying mm. there is nothing you'll learn in high school that you'll use the rest of your life, most likely. Yeah. But it's the act of showing up and doing the best you can do with what is given to you and seeing how far you can basically challenge yourself. And that, to me, is every kid should go through a college experience like that, at least a two-year program, because Mm -hmm. you will learn so much about yourself. And, And coming out of high school at 18, I mean, you know, I know too many photographers that basically hit it hard at 18 and tried to go out and be, you know, to do it. Yep. Very, very few. I mean, as it is of any of any of us, very few of us are, end up being successful at this. And there are good and bad years. And there are, you know, I mean, I didn't see like I didn't see money where I didn't break even every single year until I was in probably my late 30s. Yep. You know, I mean, and it's just but I was a photographer. I was able to have somebody else pay my bills to be able to shoot the pictures I wanted to shoot. Yep. That is the gift. I just look you know. at, I
0: look at yeah. it like if you can just keep the train running and be able to take pictures, that's just like uh, a, a gift in itself. Benefit. Like, I mean, it's great. if You want to have like a nice car and stuff or whatever. That's all great. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, yeah I just want to keep taking pictures, man. That's just, that's the only thing that yeah. kind of keeps me going. Uh, that's, yeah. a, you know, what,
1: what can I do? What can I do to be able to take a picture today?
2: Yeah. Definitely.
1: What What do I have to do to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, to kind of move forward and then when you do that, if you don't take the act of their most ridiculous job of shooting, you know, something that you really don't have any passion for, but you try to find, you say to somebody, okay, fine, you've asked me to shoot this picture on Gray Seamless. Yep. Here it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You shoot that picture beyond the expectations they want. And then, because you're there and everything's sitting there, show them something else. Yeah, Show them like a hundred stand there and go like what is 180 degrees in the opposite direction
2: yep. on the other
1: part of the spectrum of what i'm standing in the middle of yep. let me just show them even if it's a frame
2: mm-hmm. you
1: have shown yourself you have tried something you have done something yep. and if you don't grow every day as a photographer um i i mean i kind of agree with clay on that point that that you know i love annie leibowitz i love uh mark seliger all those guys i mean all those people guys all those people, photographers who have found a style that really has hit home with people and is really great in the industry because advertising and everything else loves that kind of thing. They need to know because they have clients who want to see exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. My book scares the shit out of them because it's like, yeah. well, what does he... My agent gets like, what does he do? It's yeah. like, well, what doesn't he do? What do you want him to do? It's like, he can do this, he can do this, he can do this. I mean, it's like, I mean, people look at my website and they say, I, you know, I really want to try a website like yours. And I said, don't. I mean, do, do who you are, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like, yeah. you have to figure out, you can't be so scattered, like, here's a picture of a horse, here's mm-hmm. a picture of a car, here's a picture of a, of a child, here's a picture of, here's my fashion picture, it's like, no, you gotta, you gotta find your thread, and then you gotta pull all those things together, then you can put those things together, you know, yeah. know what I mean, it yeah. wasn't,
0: yeah, have, I'm you, sorry, go ahead. have you always, like, kind of had that, like, direction, because, like... When you get out in the world and you're like starting a business and like you got to make money to pay bills, you know, have you did you ever kind of like kind of sink in those traps like like think like oh I need to shoot this way to like gain clients or have you always just been like I'm gonna oh, sh- yeah. I'm going to sh- shoot the way I want yeah. and this that's just what I'm going to do like have you ever kind of fell in those mm-hmm. traps at all
1: It's the 50/50 thing. I think early in my days I did. I mean, when I was starting out it was the uh, it was the time frame of the Octabank. Yep. I mean, um and it was like Annie Leibovitz was, was, was king and, or queen, sorry, queen. And, uh, you know, that we, I mean, the photographers that are, were very similar in their approach were just endless, that everyone went out and bought the occupant. Everyone else tried to go outside and do these pictures that were, that were basically, um, uh, on, on, you know, in a situation, in a location, you know, it was all about the moment, you know, and then, and I wasn't that guy. I didn't have the money to buy an octamedic I didn't have the money to buy equipment. You know what I mean? I had the very basics. I dealt with trying to understand what I could find with light, and maybe a one little strobe head or something like that. But it was never the extent of what I was looking at. I, I used to, I had a Norman 200B, and I think I spent the first three years of my career roaming around with a Hasselblad, a Norman 200B, in a bag, yep. and showing up and, and grabbing somebody who was wherever I was to do a light test with them before the person showed up. Yeah. You know, and I and and then and luckily I had a I had a, an agent who would say, "Okay, you did that, and I try something else." Okay, now you did that, and I try something else. So it's like you've beaten this one to death. Like I go down a Canal Street and I go, makeup mirrors are amazing. What well, makes a makeup mirror? What can I do to? So I go buy all the pieces to make a makeup mirror and do a reverse one and shoot through it like a massive ring light. This is before <laughs> when I was shooting with ring lights, and I was shooting with these bulbs, and of course. You know, I remember Martin Scorsese looking at me going like, I have to go edit after this. And my eyes are <laughs> like, all I can see is dots. And I'm going like, well, it's okay. It's, it's going to be a great picture. Just stand there for a minute. <laughs> it's like, you, know, and, you know, and I look at those pictures and you smile, pain, 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 smile, yeah. pain, you know, yeah, like,
2: the, you know the,
1: but. That's wild. But it's like, no, but to say, to say like the whole thing of like a style. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, William Coupon was huge when I was starting out and it was that wonderful, simple, I mean, so simple like yeah. approach, background, light to the right person standing there. And it just, it was all about the person. And I felt it was always about that. So Mm -hmm. I went and not because the assignments I was being given were like, you know, five minutes in the back to do a picture of so-and-so. I never had a day or hours to shoot somebody. So I kind of got into the rhythm of just going, well, you know, this is the best I can do in 10 minutes. And I'm not going to do what the obvious picture is. I'm going to try to find the most unobvious picture. Yep. And then I can use the excuse. That I only, I was only given 10 minutes to take a picture. Then this is all I could get. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like, I, <laughs> I kind of use it as my excuse, but it, I got away with it because people liked what I was doing because it was different yep. than everyone with the Octobank. Mm-hmm. So it was, now was it conscious that I did that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no idea. You know, it's probably more the arrogance of, yeah. of yeah. being young and stupid and, you know,
0: so yeah did it kind of take you a while to kind of get to a point where you felt like comfortable like in your aesthetic the way you shoot is that kind of like uh constantly evolved
1: over time or did it kind of take you a while you think like i get i get bored really quick so i was i would take a picture and then i sometimes would look at it and go like i did this before what's different and it would be it would be a constant struggle in my mind of trying to say what's different what's different what's different what can i do differently and it's easy like when because my first part of my career was all shooting music. So, you know, and, um, I would go in and I would say, I would say, how many things can I do in a day? How many different light? So that's when I started collecting ideas because the idea of shooting an album cover, um, and it was, you know, 12 different outfits on the same gray seamless, was maybe lit differently twice was not what I wanted to do. Yeah. The seamless was like one idea period. And then I had to come up with like, 13 other ones that I had to come up that were so different that were so unusual, that totally was different. So, and to me, it was like, someone's giving you, and back then it was like, someone was giving you $4,000 to shoot an album cover, you know, all in, and, and you wanted to do your best job because that was a lot of money. So you wanted to give them the most bang bang for their buck, you know, you know, so I would always try to think of all these different things. Hey, let's try this. Hey, let's, I mean, that's when the whole thing came like roaming the, uh, roaming I mean, the flea markets and buying old cameras that you could put a, a roll of film in or an old Polaroid camera and saying, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, how fucked up the image can be. Yep. Oh, look, this is really cool. And knowing the client to use it for, you know, that cause you couldn't shoot somebody who was clean and shoot some crappy camera. But if you had, an interesting band or whatever and you can just be cool they would be like oh that's really you know that's really amazing yeah and there were one-offs it was like being a painter it's like i did this and they go can you do another one i'm like nope, nope. <laughs> <What was it? laughs> yeah
0: is it kind of like the a ba- will come to you <laughs> is it kind of a balance though like do you kind of give them the safe photo and then you kind of go and explore and do like the crazy stuff with like all the polaroids and maybe like the the double exposures do you kind of give them both or you just kind of go all in on the
1: uh for album covers, I give them everything okay everything yeah. they get they get everything, yeah, but I mean if I was doing an editorial yep. I would get back and depending on the client what it was, um I would say that this is it and i I got to a point it was funny because one time I was doing a shoot and I was shooting for Rolling Stone mm. and I handed in one picture to uh <laughs> to uh Rolling Stone and Fred Woodward at the time was the <laughs> art director, yeah, and I sat there and i And I handed it in, and then it sat there looking at the phone, waiting for the callback going like, and? (laughs) It's like, what else are you going to send us? And instead, the phone rang, and it was Fred, and he said, this is great. (laughs) And I was just kind of like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I like it a lot. He goes, yeah, this is great. It's a full page. It's going to be amazing. You know, And you're going like, okay <laughs> you know you're, you're like yeah, I mean, damn right it is ego. it is good yeah i never had that ego to say i'm gonna, I'm gonna put that shit right there and you're gonna put you're gonna put it in your magazine and that's gonna be it this is, this, i'm amazing yeah i'm yeah. a genius damn it it's like it's like oh my god no every i still have that i still hand jobs and sometimes and go like is this okay is this so you guys happy it's yeah. like you know yeah. so that's, yeah. funny. that's funny um it never goes away <laughs> so i
0: guess to go back a little like when you're in like college sva did you kind of have like a goal in mind of the type of photographer you wanted to be like i know you said you started off in music was that kind of like your initial kind of goal or how did you kind of
1: no no i struggled with being uh, I, I for some reason attached myself to being i wanted to be a warf dog oh wow now now understand a um I knew nothing about like what it was to kind of just run around the 35 and find things. I mean, and and be in the middle of a conflict and take pictures. There was no reason I wasn't a very good street photographer. I couldn't go out in the street and kind of create a story. And, and, um, and, uh, I took a class in it. And the guy at the time was the, uh, back when Geo was a magazine in the States, it's beautiful, like, you know, beautifully printed magazine. And it was very much kind of like the high end, the, 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 a beautiful book-like mentality, of a National Geographic, but a bigger forum kind of thing. And it was uh, the editor was one of my teachers, and he would bring in people like you know David Burnett, you know, and David would talk about stories, and you know, and uh, I re- I saw I met him a couple of years back at, at the Palm Springs Photo Festival. He's awesome, and I and amazing, amazing. Cause <laughs> he's the sweetest man. Hey, he's the sweetest guy. He walked over to me to say hi, Frank. I'm David, and I was like, I. Totally know who you are, dude. And I said, you know, do you want do you want to hear a funny story? I was, in, he, was he didn't remember the class. He remembered the teacher, but he couldn't remember. And like, he didn't remember me. I'm, a, I'm like nobody. He was like. So I said that was just like my thing where I wasn't gonna ever do it. And yeah. I kind of realized after seeing you, you know, with saying the lines like, "Well, I'm with everybody, and I'm with the Afghan soldiers, and I have the the the, the wrapping on, and I have no gun, and we're not allowed to carry guns because if anything goes wrong, you know." And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what am I, what am I doing? You know, like, why would I want to do that? Yeah. So luckily I kind of got smart and then there was a studio class in our third year. I think our third year, second or third year. And I just started shooting. uh, I got wrapped up in my third year. I got wrapped up in being Wayne Michaels. I love the idea of the progression, which kind of maybe subtly then brought me into being more music just because looking at Dwayne's stuff and you'd write little notes in the bottom and you would do these progressions of like, you know, seeing Mount Kilimanjaro or, you know, where, you know, you, the the pills slid under the door and at the end it's a guy with a boner and his white underpants kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, just showing that progression of imagery and telling you a story. And he was so amazing that I was like, that's what I want to do. So Hmm. my third year of college, that's what I did mostly. I did these progressions. I did these kind of, and I got friends to go through these progressions with, these 35 millimeter black and white, blurry, blah, 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 you know, kind of things. And then I think in my senior years, when I kind of suddenly figured out that I was much more of a portrait photographer. Mm-hmm. And then I suddenly started looking at the portrait photography of, you know, of, um, you know, Irving Penn and and Avedon, obviously all those people that were like the masters, mm-hmm. you know, and you cut something around like, okay, this is what I want to do. The honesty of, uh, you know, Penn more so probably just because he would just have these pictures where you really felt like, you know, the person was looking right back at you, yeah. you know, and you're, and you wanted that. And that's the conversation I wanted to create. And that's what I wanted to shoot. So from there, I started shooting a lot of just, you know, like, and it's where at the same time I met this woman named Jenny Rose and Jenny Rose was starting, um, a model agency that was okay. going to be this avant-garde model agency in New York city. It's called ice. Yep. And, um, she wanted to, and I met her one night, we were all out and It was one of those moments. You're out with a bunch of friends, and you end up sitting next to somebody. And she says, what do you do? I said, I'm a photographer. And she goes, you're a fashion photographer? I said, no, I'm a music photographer. She goes, oh, my God, come see me tomorrow. (laughs) I have an idea. And she had me shoot all of her models like they were musicians. Oh, wow. For their their cards. So because everyone had fashion pictures, but... If you shot these people as they were, it was much more interesting Yeah, for her. And she was, she's a genius. She is. I mean, she still is in the business and she's in Paris and runs IMG and that kind of stuff. So, but she's, she, she saw something in me that she wanted to basically promote and, and support and she did. I mean, and that gave me the opportunity to shoot these amazing faces and people, the whole catch 22 of have you shot a celebrity? We can't send you to shoot a celebrity if you haven't shot a celebrity. Yeah. Right? So suddenly people knew these faces. They couldn't figure out why, but they didn't want to say, who is that? They're like, Oh my God, this is an amazing picture. And then they would say, you know, you know, let's, let's do this kind of thing, you know? Wow. So, but it, at the same time, it was very funny. So I had these, all these pictures and I, for some reason had this, this, um, five by seven portfolio with little pictures in it, black and white pictures in it that I, that I would drop off. And everyone else had these big, you know, 11, 14 ones and everything. Yep. Maybe it was eight by eight by ten, eight by ten. Let's mm-hmm. say eight by ten, because five by seven. I'm thinking now it's probably too small, but it felt like it was that small sometimes. Yeah. But I handed it around, and and I got I got calls in because people were like, "Who's this fuck? Who's this guy?" You know. But everyone thought I was some old German guy.
2: Oh really? So I would walk <laughs> in
1: the door, and and my favorite meeting ever was like with Elizabeth Biondi when she was at, at Vanity Fair, and I got called in, and I was like, oh, "Wow!" And I walk in, and she and you could see the complete, just like surprise and just oh shit he's not who I thought he was you know yep. you're not an old German guy because she's German <laughs> you know and of course last name Ackenfels. Yeah. you know and she's like you're Frank Ackenfels," and I'm like yeah <laughs> and was like you took these pictures and I go yeah <laughs> and I'm like thinking more than myself "Ah, was like ah, you, I, yeah I'm very much of I, I kind of see myself in a very different way than how most people are shooting portraits I want to do something different why do I want to be everybody else you know it's like yeah you know, um, she never hired me, but it was just kind of like, it was an interesting meeting, the sense of seeing someone kind of perceive, cut two years later when my wife was a hairstylist in the street, and she said she was my wife. People would say, oh, you're married to that old German photographer? <laughs> now, you know, this is this is before, like, the internet and, yeah, like, you yeah. know, I, I, get, I get to say things like this. This is before iPhones <laughs> and the internet, and like Instagram, Contact. you know, where no one knows who the hell you are yeah, and what, yeah. what you look like and, you know. So now everybody knows what I look like. So it's like, you know, yeah. if you follow me on my Instagram, it's like.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So how, like when you kind of got out of school and you're trying to like uh, get into the business, like how are you kind of getting your work out there? And like, what was kind of some of the first clients you were working with when you got done with school?
1: Well, I, I came out and I immediately got a job. Uh, my first job I had, my second, it was my second assisting job. I worked for this woman named Robin Forbes when I was in school still. And, uh, and, uh, then when I got out of school, a friend of mine said, do you want to, uh, there's a friend of mine, he was looking, uh, a friend of a of the photographer I work, he was a friend of my, my roommate was working for Michael Hall's band, mm. who was a really great photographer. He is a great photographer, lives in New York city. Um, and, uh, he had a friend named Josh green and Josh green was the son of Milton green.
2: Mm.
1: And, um, Josh was a, an interior food photographer. Now, talk about like having no interest in anything. What this man probably shoots, but it was a job. It was a full time, yep. seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. Back in the day, we were paid one hundred and ninety five dollars a week. Damn. You know, to basically be full time, and and I never had a life after that. And and it, but Josh was insane, and that's what I love about him because. He took the irreverence of basically being passionate about being a photographer, about life, everything about it. I mean, the way he would dress, the way he would go out and have meals, the way he would talk, the way he would listen to music, nothing. Everything was just one big passionate moment of life. And to be around someone like that is unbelievable. And then it extended into the photography because, you know, he'd go like, let's light this house with mirrors. And I'm like, what? And he goes, like, let's get mirrors. And, well, you can go out in the yard and you can angle the mirrors. And, <laughs> you know, we used to carry around all this kind of, like, plexi mirror. And we'd, like, in some mirror, we'd push it through windows. Or, you know, we shot cookbooks where we shot the real food. Like, yeah. it wasn't, like, prep that you couldn't eat. We ate it. Like, as, as the ice cream's melting, he's shooting. And he's ready to basically grab that moment of that light, you know. And it's, like, funny because I shot a cookbook two years ago. With a guy named Ben Ford. And I basically totally channeled like josh doing it i just started shooting whatever it was no assistant just shot pictures and you know let moments happen because they were more real than being so pristine like kind of like a chef's table moment it was much more like this is the rawness of what's happening in the moment kind of thing and 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 he taught me so much about that that it was just like just have fun and be passionate and everything is an exciting moment you to be on earth and do this and you know and he was great that was a great way to start being out there now. Granted, you know, and he gave me a studio to shoot portraits because he knew that I wasn't really, you know, I'm not a food and interior photographer. I think he kind of liked that. Yeah. So, so, so I would shoot portraits in the studio over the weekends and shoot whatever I could, and and that kind of started that kind of getting going and dropping my book. And then I kind of got really bad. I mean, it's funny because then years later, I well, not that in that same time frame, I worked for Jeff Dennis and um, Jeff, who uh, who basically runs his his whole thing is the Palm Springs Film Festival now. But okay at the time he, he was like the he and phil dixon were like the most amazing uh beautiful nude photographers like mm-hmm. where there was playboy and then there was Wee magazine and we magazine was what jeff and which was kind of a european version so the women weren't like they weren't fake breasts and yeah. they, they were these beautiful settings and they were they dealt with natural light and it wasn't this overly retouched it was these really beautiful pictures and jeff was my second introduction into kind of you know, being around somebody who was passionate about photography. And I ended up, luckily, someone couldn't do a job. And, you know, I went in and then I started working with Jeff. And he would, he, he was lighting everything which way is the Sunday. I mean, he just, he would try this and he would try this and he would try this and he would try this. And I'm like sitting there and I would go over and do light tests with him for free. And I'd say, I'll show up. I'll just tell me when you're doing stuff. I'll <laughs> come and help you shoot. And, and, um, and he would, you know, he would just, he would just show me these things that were just like, that I didn't think were possible. Like they were, every single rule was broken in yeah. lighting where I'd spent all these years shooting natural light and kind of doing that with natural light. He was showing with artificial light what that could be also. Yeah. And then around the same time I started shooting unit photography. I did a couple indie movies mm. and I shot unit photography and it was the same money to basically be a unit photographer on a, on an indie that it was to be paid to be a photo assistant. At the time. Okay. So I just kind of said, well, I get to shoot then. And then I'd get around the DPs and, and the gaffers and I would be able to listen to their conversations about light and look at what they were doing with light. And I would grab actors and I would put them into pieces of light that they would create. And I'd, I'd kind of make note to myself, well, there's the 2K. It's banging off the ceiling. It comes back. It's a, the ceiling is, is reflective. This is what it does. It's coming off that gold ceiling. Oh, look, I mean, the room's warm and just has a great thing. But there's like this blue light coming off of gel over here and it's kind of filling back into that. And it's like, so i was making all these mental notes that when I then went out to take pictures, I could kind of create my own things, you know, so. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And then I know, (laughs) like a lot of your work, I know you shoot like view camera a lot. Um, What do you like about shooting with view camera? And do you still get to use it a lot?
1: View camera sounds like I'm I'm putting on a tripod. I'm gonna say it's like probably the, the worst. True, that, true. it sounds like I'm very. I have got the view camera. you like Ansel Adams, and I put the hood on. And the assistants, they they had okay. me like the, the, the. No, yeah, not that. No, sorry. I wish it was. I tried view cameras, and yeah. it just it's like rangefinder cameras and view cameras never made any sense to me. Yeah. And I just and maybe as I needed to see in the moment of what was happening, as I basically changed the focus. So a guy named Jeff Kay, who used to own uh, lens and repro, who was uh, kind of a cameraman toward me. And then also a visual, because he kind of laughed when he'd see things. He'd go like, that's bullshit what you're shooting there. And he'd say, you need to try this. He en- enlightened me to cameras. And he would say to me, you're ready for this now. You're ready for this. And I would show him things. And then he would say, like, and this, he's the one who did it. He, he, he was like, you want to shoot four by five? You want something different? Here, here's a super pretty graphics. Okay. And I'm like, I don't want to shoot 4x5. He goes, oh no, this isn't shooting like 4x5. This is a single lens reflex 4x5. You're looking through the lens into the moment you take the picture. Yep. And you can focus up close. You can hand hold it. You can move around. You can shoot 4x5 film. You can shoot roll film if you want to put a back on it. Anything you want to do. And I can get you crazy lenses for it. But first, try how it is and then come back and see me and tell me what it is. And for years, I've been obsessed by this one picture that Hero had done of, of, uh, of, um, shot and pen. Okay. And it's this beautiful black and white, and the lights moving through it. And I was sitting one day in my studio and I was in my studio, my, in my studio apartment, let me say that much my studio apartment yeah. in New York city, right? had a, nat- a nice natural light sitting there. And I kind of looked and I was like, wait a minute. So what if I, and I started, so I got the camera out and I kind of, um, I was shooting a, a young musician named Luca Bloom. And he came over to the apartment, and I was—I kind of looked at the light, and it was bouncing off of the building next of the across the street from me. And I took little pieces of flag, and I kind of knocked the light around it. And then I kind of put a hot light coming back to kind of create something else. And I was playing with this thing, and I and I was shooting with a thirty-five. And I was going like maybe with a with a Hasselblad, and I was kind of like, ah, it's not what I want. I like it, but it's like something's missing. So I pulled the four x five out. And I took a sheet of film, and I stuck it in, and I pulled it out. I'm like, this is what I've been looking for all my life. <laughs> nice. This is this is the picture. This <laughs> is it. Finding out later that that's exactly the camera that Hero used. Wow. To do a lot of that stuff. So I, it started to become this kind of thing where it could not be only shot one way. You could shoot it with strobe, natural light, bounce light, anything you wanted to do. It had to constantly be, you know, I ended up shooting like over like, I think probably like 4,000, different people with this camera at this point in my life. And when I do, when I've had exhibitions, I put these little walls of all the pictures, like rows and rows and rows of like the four by fives on the wall, just for the fun of it. Just, and I sell them. I go here, here's like, you can cheap art. It's a hundred bucks. Go buy, you know, buy, you know, buy a, buy a little portrait of somebody and buy a couple, put them together. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was that camera that kind of suddenly kind of said like, okay, you're a portrait photographer. Mm -hmm. You see this, you know what this is. This is where you're going to go with it. And, uh, the four by five was that answer. Now, if I had to put it up on a tripod and hold it and say one, two, three, it would (laughs) have, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't relate to that. I couldn't, I needed to see in the moment of what was happening, the flare, which I kind of love what happens. The, the lenses are all so old and screwed up that you, that by just by the act of something touching it in a certain way, by leaning it just an inch one way or the other, which you couldn't see if you were in a view camera. Yeah suddenly it, it, you know, you get a piece of flair, you get some kind of weird apparition in there and you can take a picture and it's there, you know? So I kind of, you know, it's kind of great. That was, that was for that reason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I love the old like four by five cameras. Um, And then I guess um, being that you've shot like a lot of music photography over your career, um, what is it Mm -hmm. that, what is it that you like enjoy working with musicians? Is there like something in particular that you like about working with like musicians and stuff?
1: Well, musicians are you know uh i loved shooting music for so many years because you could do so many different things you know like we're you know we're nowadays um even when nowadays it's kind of funny it's like i shoot a lot of movie posters now a lot of tv advertising so what happens in that is and i got to be at the at the beginning of when they wanted not just to do the basic pictures they wanted more like how many different lighting setups can we do in a day which I kind of love doing. Like when I set up a CMOS they'll say, how many lighting setups do you think we can do on, in this 15 by 15 space that we have to shoot in? And I'm like, we could probably do six or seven. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we'll just have lights, turn them on and off. And (laughs) and with the inception of digital, it's amazing because you can immediately where I know what it's going to look like. But if I can so quickly look at somebody and say, there it is, you know what I mean? Click, there it is. It, It moves so much faster. And then also, a lot of actors get into it to do that. So and I across the board now, it's kind of a lot of fun. Like shooting musicians was fun because you could shoot so much and you could do a variety and they all wanted to look cool and unusual. And, and depending on the band, you know, how, how dark they wanted to go. So you could go really dark one day and be really light and cheery the next day. And
2: mm. yeah,
1: you, know, you could just try a lot of things, which I kind of liked. That's cool. Editorial, I don't think editorial gave me as much freedom as doing album covers, which okay. is funny because you'd think that it would be editorial gives you the most freedom and it should be that way it should be that you know but american editorial is a little more staid than um i mean if you look at the majority of the magazines it's it's a lot more you know across the board it's no one goes too dark unless you're doing working for an indie magazine yeah you know i think they all they all want to but it's like i think it's hard to get past their editors nowadays. yeah definitely because they want to definitely
0: so yeah, um, yeah, because you're pretty well known. I mean, you've shot everyone from like Bruce Springsteen to Mick Jagger. But I know you're w- really well known for shooting David, yeah. David Bowie. Um, how did that? Yeah. How did that kind of start? Because I know you. Well, sh- seems like you've kind of. shot That's a
1: grand example of what I just kind of said: of yeah. changing up constantly, and yeah. it, And that would be David's in my conversation. Is that my my first experience of them was that was was taking a chance mm. was going okay you're going to shoot David Bowie. Are you just going to shoot David Bowie or are you going to really just take pictures you want? And David Bowie happens to be in the picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what you have to kind of go to. It's like, if you get wrapped up and you're shooting someone of a certain note and you're worried about taking a good picture of them and making sure they're happy, hmm. you're dead. I you're am. done already. You know what I mean? Yep. The minute you don't set, cause they'll feel it. And then if they know they can control you by it or they can somehow tell you, no, no, that's not what I want to do you better be ready to be able to argue your point or kind of push it forward. You know, don't go to the point where you're not going to take the picture, but you know, have a, have a logical conversation. I'll do this picture, but can you do this picture? You know, is always a give and take in doing something? You know, here's one for you. Here's one for me. Mm. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. You have to sometimes do that. But David was, um, so he was, he was with Tin Machine and Tin Machine was in Los Angeles and I lived in New York and I was flown up to Los Angeles by Cream Magazine to shoot Tin Machine. Yep. And so it wasn't about David. So that was the key thing. And David wasn't going to separate from everybody else in the band. All pictures had to be shot with the four of them. That was very much said out loud. And I was like, okay, no worries. I don't care. So um, I knew that day I was the fourth photo shoot. I was the last photo shoot of the day. And um and I kinda knew who else was shooting that day. Yep. And I knew I knew all the other photographers and I knew their styles. So I don't know where it came out of me, but I said, um, I thought I'd just do a light painting. Oh wow. I would just paint them with flashlights. Damn. (laughs) So they all came walking into the studio and uh they introduced me and David looks at me and he goes, So what are you gonna do differently than the other three guys have done today? And I pulled out my flashlight, I said I'm gonna take this flashlight and I'm gonna paint you with it. And he started laughing and he was like, Really? And I go, Yeah. yeah. I go, You guys four the four of you'll stand over here. Yeah. And then he they stand there I go, You guys all take your shirts off? <laughs> and then they all looked at me and he was like, Okay, you know, so they all took their shirts off. Yeah. And he goes, Take a Polaroid and they goes, Then we'll decide if we're gonna continue with this thought. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they're standing there, I have a this kind of gauze material behind, there's a strobe behind that the strobe goes off freezes their shapes you know against the gauze material kind of out of focusy um Shutter's still open. then I come in and I start painting them with the flashlight wow. and then doing each person. And I pulled a Polaroid and David got a big grin on his face. And he started laughing. He goes, well, you win. This is, <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this. And this is the most unusual thing. Let's do this. You know? So, That's awesome. you know, we shot that night. And, and then I shot a very simple picture of them also with, but not simple. I didn't do anything clean with them at all. I did a, you know, then kind of natural light was coming in the door, and I had kind of had the side light, and it was very harsh. And yeah, you know, I shot a four by five group shot of them, and that's really cool. A couple yeah. of little things, but that was it. And David, from there on, David, you know, then I get a phone call a couple of weeks later, and Rolling Stone shooting him, and and he's requested me. Oh wow, that going so, to be a good feeling. So there, there, you're kind of going like, yeah, <laughs> that's what you got kind of to hold the phone away and go, what did you just say to me? You know, and I knew Rolling Stone, and they were, and their reaction was like, we know Frank. Yeah, he's totally, yeah, please, you know, just go ahead and do that, you know? That's awesome. So, um, so I basically, you know, I showed up and David was in the studio and he, this was the, uh, the series of microphone pictures that I had shot of him mm. and we spent, uh, 10 minutes, um, in a room next to the recording studio Yeah. and, uh. He came over and I said, what do you want to do? And he was like, I want to do kind of classic. I almost like, you know, like in the studio, I claxed anything. It was like black and white. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I shot him. We shot for 15 minutes and I said, got it. And he was like, got it. I go, yeah, I'm good. And he was like, Okay. Yeah. So what he liked about me was I didn't waste his time. Yep. And that we had an idea, we did it, and we went on. I didn't basically keep trying to shoot because I was going like I'm near David Bowie. Yeah. I never asked to separate him the first time I photographed him. I never said David, can you come to the side and let me take a portrait of you? I never asked that question. So, yep. I respected that part of it, and then from there on, it just started being like, hey, I'm, you know, then I get a phone call, and it's like, hey, I'm doing, I need to do press for an album. Can you? Can we spend a day in the studio? Yeah. You know, and. uh I showed up and I had a lot of different ideas and uh, I had my makeup mirror idea. <laughs> yeah. I had my, you know, the bulbs I had natural light. He brought a couple of things he wanted to do. He had a thing he wanted to do with a cot. So I got a cot against the wall. We, you know, we just did a variety of pictures. And, uh, at the end of that, he looked at me and he said, what are you doing on Friday? And I was like, uh, uh, why and he was like oh he goes well Iman and I are going to go see Laurie Anderson do you want to come along and have dinner afterwards and I looked at him and I was kind of going like I'm looking behind me going like is he talking to me or the guy behind me and I go like yeah. I mean yeah, I'm just some kid from upstate New York and I'm I'm nobody I'm not a, a well known photographer I'm just some kid it's like, do you need you me to drive you to, there? <laughs> yeah, you want me? To, <laughs> you want me to do security? Did you want me to? I can wait outside. I mean, you want me? It's like, nah. So I showed up to the theater, and sure enough, it was like you know, I sat between David and Iman and and Coco, who was his his uh, main person that was always with him. And yeah. we okay. saw Lori and then afterward, we left and went and had dinner together in a restaurant. And I sat on either side, and they asked me questions. And that was the beauty of David was that he would. After that, when we started doing more and more together, every time it was like the conversation would start, like would be, hey, I got to do this thing. What are your ideas? Yeah. It was never like, Frank, I need you to shoot this. It was always like he, I don't know what he saw. I don't know how I got picked. I don't know how I got the nod, but we ended up doing like 16 shoots. And it was just like all over, you know, like a six or seven, seven or eight year period, you know? So it was just like. You know, it just, it just because it was like, what are you working on? What are you doing? Mm. What's different? And then when you get to the shoot, my, I had to warn my assistants not to freak out in the sense that it wasn't the point of meeting David Bowie. Because, yeah. I mean, a lot of shoots are like, you know, there's a celebrity. Don't go near them. Yep. David would sit next, sit at the table with all of us and then start talking to the assistants about, hey, what have you seen lately? What are you listening to? What are yeah. you doing? I mean, so much so that one time we had a shoot and it was before techno had really taken off. Yep. And my one Irish assistant was really into techno, and they got they got in this massive conversation for an hour and a half <laughs> about cool. music. And he pulled stuff up, and he was playing stuff for David. And it was a very unique – I mean, that's what was so amazing. He always wanted to know what was next. Yeah. I mean, his – and that, to me, was like who I wanted to be as an artist. I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. I don't Just because that was amazing and you want me to do that, I did that. Yeah. Let's do something for you now. Let's do something different now. Let's try – and I think that's what it was with David was that each time we tried to do something within the confines, what we had to basically achieve was something in- interesting, something different. Yeah. You know, that's where the, the, the distorted portraits are probably the most extreme thing we did. And mm. that was the reason for them because he, I had done, I had just played around with, him with my wife, my then girlfriend, but my wife and um, uh, these kind of crazy nudes. And I showed him to him. he goes like, Oh my God. He goes, let's do that. So the whole band, so on the Earthling album, we did a whole series of these kind of crazy, distorted pictures of him, and we shot the famous his my one famous picture of David is the Union Jack, yeah, um, him with the Union jacket. So uh, that's cool. So that's it's cool. kind of a you know it was it was a very interesting time, and he was supportive of that. So I was a gift. Was,
0: that, yeah, yeah, and, that's really cool. This seems like he kind of trusted your vision, and uh, and also this kind of seems like looking at your work, you 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 always just kind of stay curious. Like just trying to find new ways to light, new ways to shoot, and just kind of keep it every day. Keep it fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When when you get a call to photograph someone, like, do you have like a like a routine or like a way you prepare for each shoot? Like, do you do a lot of
1: research or how does that kind of work? I don't really. I mean, it's so easy nowadays. Back in the day, it was like someone said, can you shoot so-and-so? And you had to kind of ask people. I yeah. mean, you know, now it's like you, as you're talking, I could type in someone's name and their whole life comes up on the screen and I can see, I could even say like most current picture of, of so-and-so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot, was someone asked me recently, said, oh, 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 I was, you know, I was up for a job and someone said, can you shoot this actor? in a, in, in this way. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. So I Googled him and I looked and I said, most current picture of X. And then he came up and I'm like, Oh yeah, I think that would work. I mean, that would, you know, because you could have this visual of like, you know, and it's bit me in the ass a couple of times when you show up to somebody and they have a full beard and, yeah. you know, long hair and, you know, and they're not doing anything with it. And, you know, like, like De Niro showing up to me with a Hawaiian shirt and a pair of dockers on and, <laughs> You know, and uh, weird little loafers, and and his hair is all straggly, and yep. and was like, okay, you ready to shoot? And I'm like, well, I got stuff for you. If you want to, just it'd be better if you wore something else. And he was like, um, you know, and it, it could have been funny. Maybe I maybe I missed the point of shooting him in the white shirt, yeah, the yeah. straggly hair, but <laughs> yeah. but he just, I was like, you don't look like De Niro. I mean, it's just yeah. kind of, and he was funny. He was a very funny guy to shoot. You know, and yeah. uh, I've come across him a couple times, and it's kind of a very similar. You know, it's always the point when you look, when you shoot people and you kind of go, do you not appreciate, which just happens a lot. A lot of actors and musicians do not appreciate the artistry of photography in the sense of, they just think it's, I mean, it's become such a throwaway thing to so many people. Yeah. And and oddly enough, oddly enough, and that was for years, oddly enough, recently, I think it's made a bounce back because with the whole inception of like, of everyone doing selfies and all this Instagram stuff and people taking pictures on their iPhones. Yeah people are now more aware of photography Mm -hmm. and they appreciate it more. So it's kind of had this great gift backwards uh, that, that the social media has given us in the sense of kind of saying, you know, this is important. This is what you have to do and and see it's going to go everywhere and people are going to see this. So don't just throw it away. Don't not show up. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely. So it's, that's really cool. Did so, it, yeah. yeah, I had this conversation with my buddy. He shoots a lot of stuff for like Nike, so he shoots like LeBron and like lots of big athletes. Yeah. And he said the same thing because he's been doing it for a long time. And he said, it's like with social media nowadays, like y- 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 your your photo your photo can just kind of go viral. So you want to put your best foot forward." And, you, and he kind he said he kind of yeah. explains it to them. He's like, "I want to make you look good because this, this kind of go everywhere. So you kind of want to have a good yeah. photo, photo of yourself out there." Well,
1: and back in the day, I mean. Yes, understand. athletes don't make their career on their face. yeah, I mean they 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 don't have to do the way they make their money is winning championships, having a high point, you know scoring high, mm-hmm. yep um, that kind of stuff. They don't make it by showing up in the cover of ESPN magazine or GQ or something else. Yeah, visually people see them, but if they don't go and do the work, it yep. doesn't work. Musicians can get away with it. People just sometimes love the idea of someone's persona, Mm -hmm.
2: you know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: And then you can fix all that stuff in post or auto-tune the voice or work them on a great stage production or God knows what else, you know?
2: Um,
1: So, you know, singer-songwriters, I mean, like, I mean, it's amazing when the whole thing happened with, like, uh, so many musicians were just, like, washed away during the MTV years because they didn't come across i mean people loved the music but they didn't like what they had to look at yeah (laughs) it was kind of (laughs) really 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 sad because they were they were great musicians
0: yeah you know
2: so yeah yeah.
0: definitely did it kind of take you a while because i know like a lot of your work now you shoot like celebrities like johnny depp and will smith and everybody like all the movie posters you do for like the ghostbusters and you do the breaking bad stuff. Did it kind of take you a while to get used to working with like big celebrities like that? Like, how do you kind of deal with, like, I'm sure sometimes they're, they might be in a bad mood or something. How do you kind of deal with
1: those? Shoots? Oh yeah. Oh, they don't want to do the shoot. I mean, yeah. most, a lot of actors don't see the reason to do, don't. I mean, a lot of productions nowadays don't even want to do special unit stuff for special shoots for posters. They just think it's. And which now with the digital inception, you can probably pull images out of anything yep. to basically make movie posters. Mm-hmm. But um, the ones who show up and are ready to go. I mean, like uh, I, I've had I had a couple of shoots last year that were amazing. That people showed up. I mean, yep. they, they acted the parts for me. I mean, I spent year. I spent years. I spent a couple of years doing uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, Andrew Lincoln, when he shows up to a shoot, uh, he is a hundred percent. I mean, like it's, it's 90 degrees outside and and humidity and we're inside an air conditioned studio and he'll say, um, tell me when you want to do this. And I'm like, okay, so he'll go outside. He'll run around outside screaming, yelling moving around, throwing his stuff around, and then he'll run into the studio and go, okay, you ready to shoot? Yeah. And he's, like, covered in his uh, – he's not sprayed. He's covered in his own sweat, his exhaust, his – everything in his face is ready to go. And he's just, like, he's giving you, like, every dark moment that he is going through. And he's just – you know, and then there's guys who show up stare at you and go, okay, I'll look this way. now. I'm yeah. going to look this way. No, okay, you done? Okay, I'm going to go home now. So I—I I don't – I'm not – I'm not overwhelmed by meeting any actors. Yep. I don't, I mean, I'm not like starstruck by any of that kind of stuff. I'm just, I've only been starstruck a couple of times and mm. it's with, it's with artists, which yep. is kind of funny. And my wife was, I had to shoot Richard Sarah one time and mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Richard Sarah's. And, um, and, my wife went with me because she wanted just she was just a, a groomer, but she went just to kind of she wanted to meet him too. And she cool. never wants to go. She's she's worked on a million celebrities, you know. Yep. She doesn't give a, give a crap either. Mm-hmm. But we were both curious because we were going to a studio. So I'm sitting there and he's like going, like, "So, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you just photograph me in front of this uh, model that I'm doing? This uh, this is a model of this uh, sculptress thing I'm doing in Toronto." just take a picture of me in front of that. I'm going to go up and take a shower, come back downstairs. Yeah. And I'm standing there staring at this thing going like, this is not what I want to do. And I didn't say anything. Oh, you know, I nice. was just kind of like, <laughs> so my wife just walks, hits me with her shoulder and she goes, get out of your fucking head. And wow. I was just like, so it was great that she was there, you yeah. know? So I, uh, I, yep. So I turned around and I found these pieces of lead that he was, using sheets of lead that he could mold to make his shapes. And, Yep. And then I came up with this whole thing and I did this type portrait with the lead music it going out of focus and that. And he came downstairs and he was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah, hey, I want to, Where you want me to stand? And I go over here. And he goes like, he kind of looked at me and I go, I don't like the idea of the model. I want you to do this thing over here. And he had a sweatshirt on and, <laughs> yeah. and I said, can you take the sweatshirt? It was just kind of very, like, very yeah. funny. And I pulled the first picture yep. and his assistant and the, his assistant, in the studio goes, geez, you look like Picasso in this picture. <laughs> 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 and he just looks at me and I'm like, you look like you come on it's like yeah. let's just do this you know and so i'm just shooting these polaroids of him and that was it i shot like the series of about you know 10 or 12 uh four by five port handheld portraits and then with the super degraphlex and that was it yeah you know and i didn't i didn't go beyond it i kind of knew that's what i wanted to do because i knew if i shot him in front of the, the other thing it would be you know now granted your resale agent would look at you and go like you should have shot him in front of, the, of the, the thing because then we'd have another picture to yeah. sell to go and you know which is we was always like I'm the worst businessman. Let me tell you. I like, yeah. never understood the business. Yeah, the business of photography.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's tough. Like, did that kind of take you a while to get used to, like running a business, or because it's like it is, yeah. it is tough. Because <laughs> I mean, it is important. Like, I, did that take you a while? Because I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it is a tough. And
1: thing. I, it... I, I'm still struggling with it, the <laughs> sense of the things you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, at this level of where I've become, the person I'm. I'm going to air quote this supposedly who I am as a photographer and what I can do and who I, who are my clients and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what? Every day you wake up, it's, you better be surprised that phone rings. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it's just, there's never any reason why anyone calls you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may think of you, they may love you, but it doesn't mean they're going to hire you. Yeah. It just is what it is. And it's just like, so every day someone you should just thank God someone's hiring you to do a job and, and say, This is amazing. I get to be a photographer another day. Hell I've yeah. survived I've survived another year being a photographer. Yeah. I I've spent the last couple months deciding that I really wanted to change I, I needed to break my brain up. Yep. And um so I've been doing a lot of personal work. I just started grabbing like girls like that were that were these Instagram models offline and saying, Hey, you wanna take pictures? Come over to the house. Wow. And I have a studio at the house. I have a small little natural light studio at the house. Nice. And I've been doing all this stuff, trying different lighting, trying different things that were in my head, uh, trying to make images that felt more like, um, that, had, that had no meaning, but just more the point of emotion and yeah. maybe, and, 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 and movement and that kind of stuff. And, and looking at paintings that I felt like this is who I want to be. This is the emotion I wanted to be. I mean, I spent one of my younger years, one of my first kind of fun jobs I had, which is kind of a weird freelance job, is I was, uh, there was a painter named Robert Longo. And Robert would hire me. He he met me on. I did some unit stuff on some little indie film he did, and he says he says, "Look at." He goes, "You're being paid how much?" He goes, "Here, I'll give you this money. Go and take pictures for me because then we'll paint from kind of thing, you know." And then I, and then over the years, you know, and he was always like when he had a show. We did these pictures one day, and he had a big show in in Berlin, and I couldn't go. And he they showed me the pictures from the show, and it was like right at the front, it said Robert Longo in about three inch letters. And in two inch letters it said photos by Frank Hachenfels, Text by this, you know. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he appreciated anybody he collaborated with and he gave me such opportunity to kind of like go and just take pictures and 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 do something else. Mm-hmm. And um and and I used to look at his men in the cities and just go, those just I know there were photographs at one point, but then you made them into these beautiful ink drawings that were just you know, huge and I wanted to kind of create my own moments of what that was. And I started, I've recently started to do a lot of images that I can then um, extend onward with either ink or charcoal or, or draw them. And it's kind of like the extension of my journals of when I kept yeah. the journals for years. And I, now I'm just trying to basically say what's next, what's next and, yeah. and push forward on that. So,
0: yeah, that's cool. You yeah. know, and,
1: and yeah,
0: yeah, that's smart. Like, I mean, it's, it, so you say it's just kind of pretty important for you to kind of, shoot photos just for your own pleasure rather than like kind of oh, get, yeah. getting away from the movie stuff. Cause I mean with the movie posters, I would imagine there's so much red tape and everything. So it must be kind of refreshing just mm. to do something where
1: if, 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 if you constantly keep your brain moving forward, it mm. reflects back into your work. You're not stale. Yeah. I did a movie last two years ago called split. Mm-hmm. And because of the things I've been playing with in the studio and because the art director um, Jason Lindemann over at L.A. knew that I, I think outside the box and I go beyond the point. He was like, "Come up with ideas that you can multiply someone's face, yeah. do, do multiple personalities. He, this character has multiple. What can you do to multiply? You know, um, James McAvoy's face. Yeah, that photo. Follow- so yeah. I, yeah, that was cool. But the, but they never used it in the advertising because it was way too, it was way too much. I got it. <laughs> I mean, I did it. It would have been like. If somebody in, in Oklahoma had seen that poster, <laughs> be like, no, this is some weird fucking art film, right? They needed, they needed to do what they did with it. I got it, yeah, right?
2: Yeah. But
1: it gave me the opportunity that I had taken all this stuff in my personal work that I'd been shooting and playing with, with breaking up of imagery and, and, and in-camera distortions and that kind of stuff and then applying it to a job on a real, on a, on a known face, yeah. it was kind of a great thing to do, you know? And, yeah. you know, like take me up to last year when I was doing, I, I got into this whole thing of doing light painting and playing around and just getting back, going back with it because now with the whole thing with with um with leds and all the things you can do with leds and, and like every it's amazing you know it's just every time i go i go to i go to this local light supply store and i go what do you got new i, go, I look yeah. around and i try to find all the things that make light and i
2: yeah
1: and i and i'll use them and i'll see how much i can break them down and make what i need out of them and yeah. what i can do with them and and what can happen with them and, and that's been these are been and i've been doing that and i, I shot david lynch last year for wired and yeah and I, I saw the space I was given and I said, just hand me the flashlight. That's I said, awesome. just put him against the wall. Yeah. And he looked at me and I started doing it. And he started, he started giggling. He was like, <laughs> he just, he's like, this is funny. And I, was just kind of, <laughs> I said, do you want to see it? And he goes, no, it's going to be amazing. I can already feel it. And I was like, okay. And it's like, you know, so, but it's just, you know, every, if you don't keep moving forward, if you don't keep trying, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, yeah. My wife gets mad at me if I don't shoot sometimes. She'll, She'll, like, you need to go do something personal. Go take pictures. Go do yeah. something. You yeah. know, it's like. Your, your, wife
0: so, sounds, uh, your, your wife sounds like a smart lady. She's kind of pushing you with yeah. Yeah, she wants to get me out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. I just had a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Um, sure. Oh, no worries. Yeah, I guess one thing I was going to ask you is, like, um being that you like like you said you shoot a lot of movie posters like blade runner and pirates of the caribbean um when you do those shoots like do you have to like read the scripts or like do they send you footage to see before to give you like an idea of what the movie's going to look like or how do you how do those shoots work like or does the art that's what
1: depends it depends on the movie depends on uh who's doing the movie it depends on a lot of things i've read a lot of scripts I've yep. read a lot of uh um which I'm the worst at I'm totally dyslexic so yep. and the problem with scripts nowadays is when you read a script now it used to be they'd send them to your house and yep. your name is all imprinted on it so you can't you know you cannot can't hand it out yep. now they won't even let them go out so now you have to go sit in a in a conference room at a at a, at a movie studio okay. and they hand you the script yep. with a bottle of water and they say just you know call this number when you're done reading it yep you know and that, and to read a script takes me about, I don't know, two and a half hours sometimes. I just, I don't have that focus and it, I have to kind of slowly kind of think about what I'm reading. And yep. so, um, then make sure I understand because then they're going to ask me questions, yep. you know, and usually it's and nowadays with, with photography is that it used to be that, um, uh, you mean when, when they come to you with an idea, and it happens mostly it started in the advertising industry, isn't they want you to basically come up with a concept. They want you to write a treatment. Yep. Okay, this is the product, what would you do? Well, isn't that the job of the advertising agency? Well, no, we want to see what you'd do with this. Okay, I got it. Okay. You want to see what my vision is, what's going to do with this whole thing. So then, you know, you sit there, you read the script, and you come up with ideas and concepts, and that happened with Split. I I watched a three-hour version of Split. I don't know if you saw the movie Split. It's not three hours. Oh. I saw the I saw the director's cut before they put any music or anything on it. Okay. And it was just like it was it was mind-numbing. It was way too long. I mean, I did that with a couple different movies where I had to watch the whole thing, and I was just going like, Oh my god, this is, needs to get edited. And I'm, and I was getting more wrapped up in that it wasn't edited <laughs> than, than actually what I was supposed to probably be having the answer to. Yeah. But um, so you read scripts and you try to figure it out, and then usually what happens is you get these boards and they're, um, and they're either lighting references or ideas or concepts that they want to achieve at the photo shoot. And can you achieve these things? How many things can we achieve? What would it be? What's the time frame? How much time would it take to do each photograph? You know, blah, blah blah.. Yep. And then, then there's the ones where you show up like doing Blade Runner. Well, Blade Runner was uh, didn't read anything wasn't allowed to read anything, wow. um, was, was sent to Budapest. Yep. Um, hadn't seen, no one had seen anything yet from this movie. It was such a hush. I mean, it was t- so to so hush, hush yep. secret about this movie. Um, I showed up, uh, they showed me the concepts. I, I got what they wanted to do, but I hadn't seen anything.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, and to me, Roger Deakins is the DP. Yep. And if, if none of your listeners know who Roger Deakins is, you need to kind of research who this, he's the master yeah, DP. I'll, he I'll, is like, I'll link it in the description. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like the guy, he's like the guy that any, and he's his attitude. And he's just, he's like the calm giant walking through set. And and he's the most amazing DP. And just the way he sees things, you know, he has a belief that you shoot, a, you can shoot a whole movie with two lenses. You shouldn't be using a zoom and doing that kind yeah. of stuff. And, yeah, and the reason I know that is because I photographed him once and he was telling me a story about it. I was going, like, looking at him, going, like, oh, my God, imagine just shooting with one lens. That's all you're going to do. You're going to figure the whole movie out with one lens. Yeah. Like, so um, I got to Budapest and we did the, we did the, the pre-light and everything and we're in the sound stage and I'm asking questions and no one could answer any questions. And the majority of the crew didn't speak English. Yep. And the guys who did speak English, who were, like, the car guys, they brought the car, hadn't read the script either. Yep they'd only been given the information of what they needed to know about to make the car. So it was kind of, it was very interesting. They really kept it very hush hush, which is kind of great. The movie is amazing. I mean, it's like, I I love that movie. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, at the end of the day, uh, someone from the studio said, do you want to see dailies? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I do want to see dailies. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) So they sat, they sat me down with my back against the, my back against the wall and the screen facing the wall, you know, and me and, I'm watching it going like, the light's all wrong. I just, and I I didn't say anything out loud. I was like, oh, thanks so much. Mm. And I went back and we had dinner and then I woke up in the morning and I got in the shower and it hit me and it was like, I can't shoot these pictures that I lit yesterday. I need to relight the whole thing. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I I at least need to give them an option. I mean, I have to give them the option. I couldn't walk away 100% from what i lit the day before because I knew it's what they wanted, but I had to for my own Self, come up with a light that was um, that felt like it would be able to lay into the scenery of what Roger Deakins had created. Yeah, and luckily, um, I you know I showed up and um, Aaron michelson who owns Concept Arts, he was there, and I looked at him and I said, "Do you mind if I show you something different that we can do?" And he was like, "Show me." And I showed it to me. He was like, "Oh my god, it's amazing." he goes, let's do that. So, and, you know, Ryan Gosling came in. He's amazing. We're shooting the first, we're doing these kind of crazy portraits. And I said, let me show you something. And I started lighting him. And he's like, oh my God, this looks like Roger's light. He goes, this looks totally Roger'd be happy. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's just like yeah. Yeah, knowing that. And of course, then everyone from the studio is going like, who are very nice people going like, okay, but we have to do the other pictures too, <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: because yeah. <laughs> we got
1: to make sure we do the other ones too, just in case no one buys off on yeah. the flurry it's like people buying off on the things they don't buy off on, which I get because Mm -hmm. it's, I always think back on when, uh, when um, Dave Grohl talks about uh, um, in uh, the, it's called Sun Studio or the movie he did about that, about the uh, the mixing board Mm -hmm. is that people used to have to commit to a sound. They couldn't afterward alter it. You went right to tape. This is what we're doing. This is what we're mixing. Right. And you had to be able to do it. Right. Photography has become the point where you don't have to make any decisions anymore. Like when we had to shoot film, when you shot Chrome, yeah. when you talk to kids nowadays about shooting, you know, Chrome. You say Chrome, they don't even know what it is. Right. And then you have to go, it's a slide transparency you look up. <laughs> right. Well, When we shot those,
2: yeah.
1: you had to be within half of, ex- half a, half a, you know, oh, yeah. you know like half of, just half, yep. half of like being in or out of that thing. And if you weren't, you're screwed. If the color is that, you're screwed. I mean, it's like you had to know what you were doing back then. And then negative came along and you had a little bit of leeway and people could change colors and that kind of stuff. And I remember getting multiple contact sheets that were like, we can do all these colors, you know? And then digital comes along and it's like everything can be fixed even while you're shooting it, you know what I mean? (laughs) So then it became like that kind of thing. So, you know, um, I I don't know where I was going with that conversation, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a very different time. And the saying that we are allowed to kind of be able to create in such a way and, and digital has given us just these, these amazing roads to go running down now that you can kind of mm. do these creations with, uh, with color and, and contrast and, and ideas and techniques that immediately come up that excite actors. When the actor sees a the picture, they saw a flat image of themselves. Yep. It would be boring. And most people want to see that. Oh, I know where I was going with that. So basically when you shoot something nowadays, you don't ever shoot a whole black. Like if there's a dark side of someone's face, you make sure there's detail in that darkness that they can choose to, to paint it back black or not. Yeah. So I, I have really gotten, I think I've really gotten good at the subtleties of the starting of every conversation. You want this to go black. This will be easier. You can turn out a lot of, you can take it and you can paint it down a little bit blacker, but there's a lot of detail right mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? So to me, it's kind of like one of those things where, You know, and then and then even like flare, like flare. I love flare. Flare creates things that, you know, if you ever want to see what flare does, and you put photographic, if you don't get it, watch the movie uh, Seven. Okay. And when they're when everyone when they're running through that dark room and all the searchlights are going every which way, when the light when that searchlight comes through the lens, the whole room opens up. Yep. And then it goes away again, right? So you have to understand when you put a little flare in the camera, you destroy the blacks. Mm. and by destroying the blacks you're basically taking it down to this kind of level playing field and it creates something that you can never get without putting the flare into the camera mm. you can try to light it every, every but enjoy how much you can put into it like just put that a little bit into that but, but you know having a solid black in a picture nowadays is like if you can get someone to commit to that which you know FX commits to that With Todd Owens Todd over at FX will commit to that he'll like go like oh it's okay make a call it can go totally jet black I don't need to have any detail there Yeah, because he knows he has no one to answer to Wow. You know, he's only answering to himself. That's awesome. You know, where other clients would be like, I need to, you got to make sure I get that back. You know, I got to make sure, like, I can't commit to black and white, but shoot it in black and white, but make sure I can still shoot it in color. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of conversation. Mm. So, yeah. Then, but that's okay. Yep. You figure the answers.
2: You know, it's like, yeah.
0: have, have you ever, like, one thing I was going to ask, um, have you ever, like, watched a movie that you shot the poster for, like, after, like, and then you were like, oh, if I knew the movie was like this, I would have shot it differently? I guess you kind of mentioned it, but does that happen sometimes? Well,
2: I mean,
1: you no, know, I think I'm, I'm pretty aware of when I'm shooting. When the characters walk out and they're standing in front of you, you get the idea, but you know where you're going with it. True, you know true. what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you knew that, I knew that Harry Potter wasn't a kiddie movie. You know what I mean? That it wasn't a bright, shiny penny. You know what I mean? So I was able to shoot that dark in a darker way. And I was told that, and I kind of got the point of that. And, you know, I'd read the books, and I understood it. So, but I think that, you know, more the shocking is, like, when you actually pull off, like, taking, like, Fault in the Stars is, like, still one of my favorite examples of getting the opportunity to shoot two actors in the situation that all I have to do is put like a text over the, over the picture, you know, getting those two actors that go out, stand outside, like, let's go outside for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, let's walk outside, There's some grass outside the the warehouse that we're shooting and there happened to be a patch of grass. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you guys lie down on the grass? You know, Hey, I'm going to get up top and I'm going to use the natural light with maybe a little subtle fill with some strobe just to kind of freeze and have you guys lay in the grass and take a picture. And that picture becomes the poster. I mean, those are moments that you kind of go like, "Holy Christopher!" You know, I actually was able to illustrate it all in camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's really cool. But that's a rarity.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a rarity. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and also I was kind of curious. What do you kind of think about Instagram nowadays? I know, I know you're pretty active on there. Um, do you think yeah. that you think that's like an important tool for like photographers to utilize,
1: or what's your kind of take on it? Yeah, yeah. My it's funny. My my uh, my agent. And that represents a young girl who, uh, is an Instagram, got her whole career started on the Instagram. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, and she's in college still, I think. So it's like, uh, you know, it's a whole thing. I, I, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's like, you know, I, I don't follow, I don't follow a lot of my, uh, my fellow photographers, oddly enough. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I want to see what you're doing. Don't show me, you know, I, you know, I think it's great that Art Stryber does the whole thing where he shows a lighting setup. Yeah. I think that's if, if he really wants to do that, that's great, you know. Um I don't think it really helps anybody. And to me in my world, like if I show people how I lift things, to would be like, here it is. Yeah. It's like it all comes to ratios and understanding what you're trying to do in the situation you're in and yep. you know, um you know, and I've been in a lot of those situations, so I kind of laugh and go like, you know, it's great cuz people love that stuff. And yeah. I think it's great that he is so open and so giving that he was is happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's you know, but to me, as as a photographer and uh, uh, and as an artist, I would rather see what people are thinking and what they're doing in their everyday life. How do you see your everyday life? You know, you can pepper through your jobs, and you know, I put in things that are like, you know, this is where we are in the world. This is. I try to find interesting pictures every single day on my phone that I can then post. Yeah. You know, and and that I'm shooting on my phone. You know, and I have all the little darkroom techniques in my phone, like whether it be Snapseed or um, you know, or, you know, like the, the, uh, you know, combining Snapseed with like, with the tin type app, with this, yeah. with that and mixing and matching, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think you, when you're, when you're, when you do all that in there, you you know, it's, it's fun. You're creating something on your phone. And I'll often say like, you know, got bored, created this on my iPhone. I do it. <laughs> I, I sit in airports and take pictures knowing that I can overlay them and do things to them and yeah. and have fun with them. But I think that's, it's it's another tool. If, yeah. if anyone yeah, and I think that it's it's given a lot of it gives and given me the opportunity to basically connect with a lot of young photographers. Mm. Um, when it first started, I used to try to basically I would I would I would try to hook up with photographers um, when I would go to different cities. Okay. Um, I'd met with a guy named Josh Wool, who was um, I followed him on Instagram, and I was like, "This kid's pretty cool." He's like, well, "I wonder what he's like." So yeah. I contacted him. I said, "I'm in New York. Do you want to have lunch?" And yeah he and I went and had lunch and then he did my portrait he wanted to do and wow. you know we've stayed we've stayed connected and we talk and uh, yeah. uh, I've a lot of the kids who follow me are people who follow me I shouldn't think kids yeah. I'm, I'm an old man now I get to call <laughs> everyone kids <laughs> everyone's they're all girls and kids now. They're all little boys and you're boys, not, boys and girls and kids. Yeah. You're not that old, <laughs> Frank. You're not that old, man. <laughs> i I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'll be. I'll be sixty soon. It's coming. It's coming my way. My sons make me feel old. Just Maybe a number. Just is. a number. <laughs> yeah. Just a number. Just a number. Yeah. Um. No, but I mean, I think, I think Instagram's amazing. I mean, I have, I have, my, I have one for my art. I have uh, for my journals and art. If that's what people want to see. Yeah. Because I felt like it was a struggle between the two because I didn't want to post too much and didn't want things to overlap. I just kind of wanted to say, here's one thing for today. Here's one thing for today. Yeah. So, you know, and then I started one recently about my assistant, uh, uh, my friend. My friend George uh, Rara has been my assistant for quite a few years. And I had all these pictures and I started laughing because Glenn Lutchford recently brought out a book of his assistant. Um, that he had taken all these pictures of the assistant standing in the pictures. And I was laughing. I'm like, Oh my God, I have all these pictures of George. So I should just make adventures with George. You know what I mean? So I just, I just, I made an Instagram account that I every couple of days I'll post something on there, a picture I've taken of George on set or, or a place we've been or a situation we've been or him him and I drunk in a bar or God knows what, you know? And, and that's just what it was. I thought it was kind of a fun thing to show that, you know, and, but the Instagram thing is like, I, I think it's great. People get to show and I think they need to take the opportunity. Don't be safe on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's like, show, show your darkest soul, show your most bizarre idea that you have or mm-hmm. that you're looking at things, you know? And, and it's funny because a couple of years ago, quite a few years ago before this whole thing happened with the phone and everything is that I taught a half a semester at art center Um, with Everard, Everard had me come in and teach a half semester at his, at his, at his class. And it was a basic class. And on the first day I looked at the students and I said, everyone should basically go out and buy a day planner. And what you do is every day, take a picture of a piece of light that you see and record how it's created. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and then when you go back, it's like I'm sitting in a cafe and a white truck comes up and the light bounces off the white truck and hits the wall. And then the wall next to me is a mirror and the light hits off of that. And, and then you take a picture of that person's face or the situation and you make note to that. Mm. So then when you go back, you know, what I because mean? this, this is, we are practicing the capturing of light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is what our job is. We're capturing light you know what i mean so if you don't understand the light and you don't want to go out and find the light and if you rely on one kind of light you know more power to you but that bores the hell out of me i love seeing yeah. weird pieces of light that people can kind of create yeah you know so you know and so it's just i mean and it's funny i'm saying that out loud and then you look at irving penn and it's all <laughs> the same light over and over again and you, that, you know and, and, and those okay yeah. but it's like you know, that's a, it was a different time. Those yep. were very avant-garde to basically be doing that. It was very, paint the people were respected to be photographed like almost having your painting done.
2: Yeah. You know
1: I mean, having your portrait painted, I guess, is the best way to say that, you know. And it, and now it's kind of like someone that you say, I, I want to do a portrait of you, and they go, well, you know, just someone can do it on their phone. I mean, what's a new thing? They can You can darken it down. And you can pick a studio light. It's it's like, yeah. it's magic light. I don't know. It's like all the things you can do on your iPhone now, you know. It's yeah. it's pretty amazing. Hell and yeah. It gets people excited and excited. It's about photography i would hope yeah so, i think
0: that's yeah. a that's the thing i always loved about your work is that you can tell like you're just having you're still having fun with it because like yeah being like a commercial photographer like you can kind of get caught up in the like oh i need to like get jobs and i need to like make my work look a certain way but at the end of the day it's like just have fun with it and like take sick take awesome pictures and like don't worry about all mm. the other bullshit because it's like at the end of the day you just want to have badass photos and like that's the thing i think uh, looking at your work you, yeah. you you still just like have fun with it because i mean being that yeah. you, sh- you shoot all this big stuff like it, it, it could be easy to probably sit back and this kind of just not keep like pushing yourself i would imagine um but, but then what
1: then, then why then why did i start in the first place a exactly. musician who basically you know the, suddenly leads back on his hits yep. and it's like it's boring yeah, it's I, like exactly. you know it's, it, so it's you know, so i mean it's just i i'm not sure i could have ever done it i mean i'm and i keep saying every year it's like five five images if I can create 5 images every year that that make me go, yep. Mm. Yep, that's that's why I'm still doing this. Yeah. then I'm fine. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And that's and that's not a high bar. That's not that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a very minimal like if I can create just 5 images that kind of like look at me, look at myself and pat myself in the back and go, "You did that. Yeah. You 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 went to the next step. You figured it out." Yep. Okay, guess what? New year, you got to start over again. You know, and if you don't keep challenging yourself, you don't keep going forward. You're just, you know, why do you want to be a photographer? Photographer is not about money, not about celebrity, not about any of that kind of stuff. Photography is because you have a passion to go out and capture light and create an image Mm. that someone would stop and look at and go, wow. That's cool. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
0: I've always like this kind of weird uh, thing, but I've always had respect for stand up comedians. Because, like, to be a stand up no, comedian, yeah. you have to, you can't keep saying the same jokes. I mean, some probably do, but yeah. to be a good stand up comedian, you got to keep uh, You got to keep writing new jokes and trying them out. And, and kinda, relevant. Yeah. And
1: relevant, too. You have to, yeah. You can't just keep saying and telling a joke about uh, Richard Nixon. I mean, yeah, we're, yeah. we're beyond that. <laughs> yeah. And I, th-
0: I think you can kind of, like, with photography, it's kind of the same thing. Like, you don't want to keep showing the same portfolio. You want to keep pushing yourself and trying new stuff and, like, see what works. And yeah. obviously, some won't, but it's, you just got to keep trying.
1: Um, uh, I was watching uh, comedians uh, drinking coffee in cars or whatever it is yeah, yeah. Uh, that Seinfeld does,
2: mm-hmm. and he
1: said something the other day, which I was like, "That's such a true statement." Mm. He said, uh, "I have I have mad respect because I have total respect for skateboarders." Yeah, because to be able to do what they do. Like to those tricks they do,, yep. how many times have you fallen down and like broken a bone or hurt yourself or almost killed yourself to do that trick yep. you know and 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 no other career has that where I mean I guess a lot of other things do, but I mean it's just skateboarding in general for the everyday person is like mm-hmm. you can relate to that, yep. you know you can't relate to the hours of going down hills in a pair of skis or that kind of stuff, but skateboarding is like going to skateboard and trying to just be able to stand on it <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and yeah. you're and you're gonna realize and that's that's everything we do that's like as a photographer it's like you can't just go out and take a picture and then go okay i did that next thing is going to be this and it's like no it's you know you gotta keep going
0: so. yeah and try to like push yourself Ooh. like uh to try stuff that's like you know intimidating or something like like go photograph. Right. Well, that. go
1: experience yeah experience the culture you want to be in mm-hmm. and it's like the thing about it is is that I think a lot of people don't appreciate the art that stands around them and go. I mean, like how often how often do any of us get a chance? Like I make it a point when I'm on the road to do it, but I don't think I don't do it enough at home but When I go to, when I, I, I'm a member of the Tate Modern in in London, because I, every time we go there, I drag the whole crew with me and we go see whatever exhibitions going on there. Mm -hmm. And then we go over to the cubes and then we go over to like everything. I try to go through all these different things. I try to find the modern museum in every city that we would go to, to be able to spend some time and see what they have to be inspired, Mm -hmm. you know, and to go look at oil paintings. Like, Mm -hmm. I took my son, my son was with us this year and went to Paris because it was his first round of jobs because he's working for me the whole year on his, on his gap year. He's working for me. Yep. And, um, we were in Paris and I took him over to, uh, this, um, gallery and he walked in and he, he stood in front of his first, like, you know, eight by 10, uh, feet oil painting. Oh, wow. And you could see his brain just go like, holy shit. (laughs) And he stood there for a couple minutes staring at it. And I I was like, wow, he gets it. (laughs) He he totally gets like, and he's looking at it and he's dissecting it. And he goes like, look at the light where that is. and Look at this and look at that. And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) I mean, that's what you want to go towards. You want to be able to be, and he walked away and goes like, how could I recreate that in a studio and do lighting like that? And I go, well, that's, you know. Yeah. fail fail a bunch
0: <laughs> has, has that been pretty like exciting to see your son get into photography
1: has that been kind of fun fun for you to oh kind both of... exciting and frustrating <laughs> you know i mean it's 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 very funny because when i sent him to clay i said uh um i said first of all you're gonna have experiences that most kids aren't have never had yeah. okay you've been around things that kids have never had you mm-hmm. know and been i mean like you've been on sets and all that stuff you've seen us light like massive rooms and do these huge sets i said you need to go with the brain that you know nothing yeah i said you need to basically walk in and when clay says something do you just do it and of course he didn't he totally butted heads with clay i Uh, mean i would get these phone calls like i don't think he likes me and i go really (laughs) you think he doesn't like you or you think he's he's just not kissing your ass is what he's like and i had said something to clay saying to him you know, yeah, he's my kid, but you can smack him around. It's okay. You know what I mean? It's like don't don't be nice to him. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, and Clay wasn't. Clay was probably oh, maybe, no. yeah. maybe too. He went beyond the point. I think just the basic push. Went, he, him. Probably, he, and, he, he probably went harder. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then when he came home, of course, you know, and it's and it's hard on him. I said to him, like, you know, Clay, I think, since, like, the second class, he pulled me up and put me up, and he goes, this is this is Beckett's dad, and he puts it up. <laughs> of course, the rest of the kids in the class are all going, like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. Uh, you're yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah. You, know, you know that's what kids do, and yeah. so I was kind of like, oh, you should have gone with a different name. I don't know, yeah, yeah. Like, but, uh, yeah. But you know he's. It's great to watch him. He's. He, he, it's. It's really scary how talented he is, and how and how little he does to basically create what he does. Yeah. And and I have to. And I struggle with that. I kind of go like, oh, you have everything sitting here in front of you, mm-hmm. and you. I mean, like, there's a studio in the house. There's lighting. There's like, you know. And he's always trying to get his friends. And he's already done like. Um. He's already done a uh, a lot of look books for friends who are fashion photographers or have nice. bad fashion lines. Like he's done things yeah. for them. He's done. Uh, you know, like he had a meeting at Capitol Records because we were at a job uh, doing an album cover and the woman had seen his stuff. She goes, come see me. Oh, wow. And it took him forever to put it together to go see him. And the and <laughs> woman actually berated him going like, I, I offer you to come see yeah, me. Yeah, seriously. Goes, You're an idiot. <laughs> Holy <laughs> he's shit. He's <going>, <laughs> yeah. He's totally an idiot. You know, it's <laughs> like people meet him and they and they see he's charismatic and then he takes great pictures. But he's like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to do that. And I'm like, wow. oh my God, you know. and." Yeah. And then I saw Obama talking the other day about, like, one of his daughters on that, on that David Letterman thing. And he yeah. was saying at one point, the teacher had called about this great poem. They wanted to publish it. And, and, they, and he looks over and says, where's this poem? I haven't read it. And she goes, well, you're not going <laughs> to. You know, like, what do you mean I'm not going to read the poem? He's like, I don't, yeah, wa- yeah. don't want to know what you think. I yeah. just did it. You know, it's like same way with Beckett. I can't get him to ever show me any pictures. I have to argue. I have to kind of threaten him. Would you just show me what you – and then I'll see it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Jesus. What if I was you when I was seventeen? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah.
0: That's so, funny. Um, but I guess just yeah. to kind of wrap up, um, what do you think like the key to your longevity, like in the photography photography business, has been, and um, what is it that kind of keeps you going? And like, do you have any kind of goals for the future with your photography?
1: Well, I I, I don't take it serious. I don't take my my talent too seriously i take it as as that i i love doing what i do and people get that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't think i'm a genius i don't Mm -hmm. walk around with a chip on my shoulder and i don't basically treat any i want all my sets to be fun Mm -hmm. if anything everyone always looks at me and actors and and always said to me this was fun this was easy yeah i mean it should be because everyone's there doing a job and it's not you know and you have to also appreciate that you are it's not about you you know what I mean? You you have been hired to come in and illustrate something that the designers have basically been, or the client has been sitting in rooms months with to to pitch to a client or to anybody else, and they need this idea executed. And if you can take that idea and go beyond their their visuals, that's kind of the fun part. And that's the fun part of the collaboration. That's what keeps me going a lot of times, because it's what else can we do? What can we do bigger? What can we, what can I, how can I help you make this even look more interesting than what you're talking about? How can I illustrate this idea that's in your head that you can't seem to Mm. tell me what it is kind of thing that's interests me. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that keeps me going and that's what I love about doing it. I think people have kind of started to kind of understand that and that I, you know, that I, you know, I'm pretty laid back. My, all my assistants, my, all my guys are very laid back. I don't run a set like, I'm the master on the yeah. set and you have to all bow before me. All my assistants can talk to anybody I mean, yep. they don't, yeah. <laughs> and they do, which is kind of great. it so it's a very, very family kind of like open kind of uh, easygoing, you know, laid back. If it has to be serious, we all, we all know we're supposed to tone it back. We're yeah. all warned prior that this is how this person acts and mm-hmm. we all go get into, the mode. So game face, but, to, and, and where I'm going right now is that, uh, I'm, uh, I want to publish a book and, but the book has to be, of I don't want to do a celebrity book and I don't want to do a music book. It doesn't make any sense for me to do those at yep. this point in my life yep. because, um, yep. I'd rather do a book, uh, of, of my drawings and my journals and my collages and my, where I've gone with the stuff. So that's what I'm working toward right now. Okay, And I, and I'm, but I'm trying to now reinvent myself even in that. So, Instead of just saying I have enough work to do that, I've now in the last month just been just generating a ton of work just because I wanted to see where else I could go with it. And it's been fun. It's been fun to kind of take the time and do that and, um, and see what else I had in myself to say what the next step is. You know, it'd be nice to wake up every single morning and stand in front of a canvas and be able to paint yeah. if I was a painter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a painter, which I would never even claim to be. <laughs> yeah. My wife's a great painter. I'm not a great painter. So... And I, and, I, and I always want to take lessons in drawing and be able to understand drawing better instead of my little cartoony characters that I kind of come up with and my little, you know, illustrative guys. I'd rather probably, I think it'd be nice to be able to actually know how to draw the human form, which I, this year, want to take a class in doing if I can get around to nice. you know, find time to do it. Cool. So, but I, I want to kind of go with the next step is. I want to, I, I think it's probably definitely rolling into being more in the art world and doing that, but still shooting. I, I still love getting the call, getting the assignment, going to do the job. It's still very exciting to me to have someone call me and say, we, you know, I just worked on um, a couple projects that I was like, were, that were amazing Mm. because when I showed up, the pictures needed to be very unique to what the thing is to be able to sell it. And that both times the actors came with like, and did amazing they were like it was it was a pleasure and they wanted to see how far they could push it. they wanted to know how far we could go with it and that was great you know so i mean as long as it keeps being fun yeah i mean it's you know i've been very lucky i've had you know these you know to spend you know all the years on mad men and, and yeah. doing that every year and having that challenge of you know each era and kind of creating those images and the variety of images I like, created for them, or like you know the Walking Dead stuff or the Breaking Bad. I mean the TV yep. stuff, the FX stuff has been like, <laughs> being American Horror Story yeah. has been like the biggest gift as a photographer because <laughs> to work with Todd is like Todd goes, you okay, so this is the idea, and we like these things, and it's like everyone goes like, oh, you must have lit those for days. It's like no, Todd will say, there's a girl, she's in the water. The Black Lagoon guy comes up out of the water. That's what we want to shoot. Okay, here's the girl. Here's the guy. How are we gonna light it? It's yeah. not like, and then we sh- we put her in the water, and I go, okay. And I put lights up, and we shoot it, and we go, that's great. Can we alter that? Bum 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 Click, click, click. Okay, done. Let's go to the next idea. Now the next idea is, yeah. you know, like a guy lying on a table and his head being stapled. How will we light that? <laughs> yeah. And that's how we're doing those pictures. We're doing them in the moment, in the in just passionately moving through images. And he is such a supporter in that because, and I think probably any photographer you ever talked to working with Todd, they would, they would tell you that how amazing that he always goes like, yeah, what else? what else you got? Yeah. How far can you push that? <laughs> it's never just like, oh, okay. That illustrates the idea that I wrote down. It's more like, oh no, but where can it go? Like, yeah. tell, show me what else it can do. It, he's amazing that way. And that's why that advertising all looks that way because he pushes all of us to be better than we are. That's awesome. You know, every time. So yeah, it's, they're all good clients to have you know i've I've been very lucky working with a lot of the of the you know with netflix and amazon and Mm -hmm. and hulu and you know amc and fx and fox and yeah you know they all are very supportive of trying to see how far they can push things and so that's awesome
0: well i just want to thank you frank uh so much for taking the time to come on the podcast um it was yeah. a r- real pleasure uh, getting to speak with you. Um, you're someone whose work I've looked at for years. I actually have. It's kind of funny. I have a folder on my laptop. I've had it for like ten years. I got a folder. <laughs> it just says "sick, sick photographers," and you've been on that list. So it, it was like it was a real pleasure getting to talk to you, man. And the enthusiasm you have for photography is just uh, really inspiring. And I, I definitely appreciate oh, you t- yeah. taking the time. Um,
1: well, thanks for asking, and uh, keep this going. It's got you know, if you ever want help getting anybody, you tell me. Oh I hell yeah, that. hell yeah, man. I'll, um, I'll, I'll. <laughs> I
0: guess. Um, but then for people that are going gonna to listen to this, um, where's the best place for them to check out your work?
1: Well, uh, my website's uh, fw the letter O the number three dot com. So That's my website. And it has a variety, It has work to like personal stuff on there. That has motion pieces I've done. Yep. Um, Instagram. You can look on my Instagram accounts. I have one that's just you know, if you look up FWO three, yep. it's my Instagram. It's my everyday Instagram or whenever I seem to post. And then there's FWO three journals, which is my artwork. Yep. And then if you want to follow George, there's the Adventures of George. Okay. <laughs> which awesome. is uh, my, which is my assistant George, uh, right. my good friend, uh, my one of my best friends for years, who's I've had the honor of working with. So you can uh, nice. You can see how I abuse him. So I always stick them in pictures.
0: So, um, right, cool. Perfect. Frank. Well, thanks again. And, uh, look forward to seeing your work in the future and, uh, have a good day.
1: Okay, man. Thanks a lot for asking. Later.
0: Bye. So there you have it. That was the Frank Ochenfels, the third interview. I want to thank Frank so much for coming on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and experience. Frank's a photographer that I've looked up to for over 10 years. So it was a real treat for me. Getting to speak with him just because he just has such a passion for photography it was really inspiring and i hope you guys enjoyed it too and going forward just want to let you know i'll be having weekly podcasts every monday on itunes soundcloud as well as i'll be having them linked on my website at alexgagnephoto.com and also on my instagram at alexgagnephoto. thanks so much for listening and take care